to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Some of you know about it. Some of you don't. We're doing a prong this morning. Do you know what that is? How many of you know what that is? Raise your hand. Oh, not many of you. All right, we used to do prongs a long time ago. We're going to do one this morning. Basically, it is part preach, PR, and song. Wrong. So it's prong. So we're going to preach a little bit this morning. Then we're going to play a song that basically continues on in the teaching that was gave you. And then we're going back to do a little preaching, then we're going to do a song. We're going to do a little preaching, then do a little song. We're going to do a little preaching, then we're going to do a little song. Is that all right with everybody? Well, good, because that's what we're doing this morning. I'd love to have agreement. Praise God. It makes me feel like I'm doing good here this morning. And during the songs, if you can, I would invite you to rise up, listen to the words, sing along if you want to, if you know it, or just listen to the words because the, what I say is going to go together with the song. So we're going to build the word into you, not only through preaching, but also through the song. Okay, I can't believe that many women must have done a prong in a long time if only a few people did it. Jeez, ow, my goodness sakes. Anyway, that's what came to me, so that's what we're doing today. Praise God for a change, something different. Everybody ready back there? Are we ready to roll? All right. Well, the name of this prong the Lord gave me was stories. Say stories. In other words, more than one story, but stories. So basically... What I want to talk about is what we're celebrating today and have been celebrating for the last week and celebrating all of our lives. And basically it all started back in the garden when there was a tragedy that took place there. You know, Adam and Eve sinned. And basically when they sinned at that time, they basically, somebody wants to take my job. Who is it? Who wants my job? Basically, back then, he sinned, and when he sinned, mankind lost the kingdom of God. They lost the spirit of God. They lost the power of God. They lost everything that mankind was actually given them at that time, and it put man in an awful state. Basically, the Bible says in Ephesians, man or us walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. We lived in the lusts of our flesh and of our mind. We were by nature the children of wrath, a life without Christ without hope, without God in this world. How many of you were there at one time? Titus says, we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, serving diverse lusts and pleasures. We lived in malice, envy, hating other people. And this was all of us. The Bible also said, we all have sinned and we've all come short of the glory of God. So it's obvious that mankind needed help of some kind after what happened in the garden. Luke says that there is one coming who would deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, who would redeem and visit his people, a God who so loved the world that he would send his only begotten son into the world to pay our price. So the Bible says that he had to send someone into the earth in order to redeem all of us. How many of you know if Jesus would have never came, we'd have all been born in the lusts of our flesh, the desires of our flesh, we'd have lived in sin, we'd have basically died, and that would have basically been the end of us as we went to hell. But Jesus came, his son came, we were all sinners, and he died for us basically because he loved us. Say, he loves us. So the reality of the whole thing, if you follow the, the Easter story or the resurrection story, is there was a horrible price paid for each and every one of us. I mean, sometimes we forget about it. We say, oh, the cross, the cross. But when you go back and you look at the Bible, what the cross talks about, I mean, Jesus was arrested for no obvious reason whatsoever. How many of you know that? He wasn't guilty at all, but he was proclaimed guilty. 
there was enough fake news out there to convince people that he was guilty. We think fake news just started. It started a long time ago. You had people saying crucify him, and they didn't even know why they were saying crucified him. The Bible says they took him in and they whipped him on the back. The Bible says basically they put a crown of thorns and stuck him in the top of his head. They mocked him. They slapped him. The Bible says that they spit upon him. Then they nailed him to the cross. And if you know about Rome and you know about their nails, we're not talking about those little nails that you pound into your roof or whatever. These are Roman spike nails that they nailed through both of his hands and both through his feet. And all this was done, of course, for us. The Bible in Isaiah says his visage was so marred, in other words, the way that he looked when he went to the cross, you couldn't even tell that he was a man unless you looked real close. So notice the physical punishment that he went through along with the spiritual stuff. So he suffered, and he suffered for us. He died, and he died for us. He did all this simply because he loved us. A crown of thorns placed on his head He knew that he would soon be dead He said, did you forget me, Father, did you? They nailed him to a wooden cross Soon all the world would feel the loss of Christ
took from his head the thorny crown and wrapped him in a linen gown then laid him down to rest inside the tomb the holes in his hands his feet aside now in our hearts we know he died to say growing up and uh, the Friday before Resurrection Day they called Good Friday and as a little kid I couldn't say anything good about it to be honest with you I mean you got to wonder if it's Good Friday or was it Bad Friday I mean was it the best day ever or was it the worst day ever this Friday when you stop and think about what Jesus went through and even on the, the side of emotion and friends I mean they came to get him and grabbed him and most of his disciples ran in all different directions and tried to get away from him his best friends, and I'm not talking about church acquaintances where we see everybody on Sunday, we say how blessed we are, then we go home and we don't see you again. They lived with him for three years. They ate with him. They did everything with him. And basically, as soon as he gets in trouble, they all ran in different directions and hid, except one, and that was Peter, because Peter wasn't going to deny him, that's for sure, because Peter was a tough guy. So Peter followed him, didn't he? And then right in front of Jesus three times, he denied him to a little maid who came along and says, you know that Jesus, don't you? I never saw him before in my life. All at once he had a mental lapse. All at once he fell back. So how many of you know there, there's rejection there? There's, have you ever had a good friend who was a good friend and you no longer even know them because now they're not a good friend anymore and they were mad at you for this or left you for that? And the same things was happening to Jesus on that Good Friday when everything took place. The Bible says that basically the women, as he was on the cross, all got together and had a big cry fest everything about it and and his, his mother have you ever thought about his mother 
I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I've got kids, now I've got grandkids, and I cannot imagine anybody falsely accusing my child, taking them, torturing them that the way they did, spitting on them, nailing them to a cross. I mean, you know, that would be tough to take, wouldn't it? And he went through all this stuff. But all this stuff we've got to remember, this is just not a story out of a book someplace. This is a reality that actually took place at one time, and it was there. And how about one of his best people writing his old Judas? Judas sold him out for money. I mean, did you ever, ever have a money issue with one of your friends or family? You owe me $2.24, and I ain't talking to you until you pay it to me. See, and here's Judas betrayed him at that time. And even when Jesus died, I mean, you've got to remember, this is evil versus good. And you know the day that he died, there was a celebration. You know, we talked about it being a celebration year. This was a celebration day because the demons of hell, they were having a party, baby. The guy who was setting people free, the guy who was delivering people, the guy who was doing all this stuff. And Satan, they had to be carrying him around saying, Oh, king of the world, Satan's king of the world. We killed him. He's gone. Everything's gone. But basically then you come across the scripture in Corinthians that says that his death was actually ordained by God. That before the world, it was ordained for our glory. The princes of this world would come to naught through this. And if the devil knew it, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Jesus lives forever. 
we have perfect liberty. The Lamb of God is risen. He's alive. He's alive. He is the author and the, and the finisher of our faith. The grave has been denied, and Jesus lives forever. He's alive. He's Hallelujah. I love the way that changes, don't it? They set the devil up, and then I want to say pounce all over him with a song. Praise God. That's the way it should be. Glory to God. So this song tells us one thing, that, that because of what he did, we now have a new beginning. We have the opportunity to have a new beginning. Jesus is alive. In Ephesians, it says, we are raised up together with him, and we are seated together with him in heavenly places. The Bible says he has rescued you out of the kingdom of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of his own dear son. It says he has spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. It also says that he brought him to naught, zero, who had the power of death, which is the devil. So the best news after this is his resurrection is basically our resurrection. Because he lives now, we can live. Because he has risen, we can arise your debt has been paid, and your yesterday, thank God, is gone. Hallelujah. The enemy has been crushed by the power of Jesus Christ. In Romans 6, it says, Christ was raised from the dead so that we should walk and live in a newness of life. In other words, our lives should be different once we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We have a new beginning. We can now lead a kingdom life, a victorious life, a powerful life. Yet there's many Christians out there today going to church with their bonnets on and their beautiful dresses today, and many of them are celebrating His resurrection, but not their own resurrection that took place for them 2,000 years ago. Many Christians are still in the grave, still down on the mat, still on the floor. Are you a Christian? Yes. Are you saved? Yes. Are you going to heaven? Yes. How's your life? Well, it's terrible. I mean, it's just terrible. It's just the worst thing that's ever been in my life. On and on and on. Basically because you don't know that you've been risen and you've been given new life at the same time. So the time now for the church is to get up off the floor. The time of the church now to rise up in the place that he put us. What he paid for is more than just our salvation. It is a place in the kingdom of God with power and authority. This morning, if you're here and you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, your debt has been paid. Your yesterdays, hallelujah, have been defeated and they are gone. 
The Bible says you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And nothing anymore should keep us in the grave.
Praise God. Nothing's going to hold me down. Keep me in the grave. All right. Well, the name of this I told you was not story, but it was, what was the name of it? Do you remember? Stories. Notice, because of the story we just gave you, you can now have a story. I can remember my story back December 21st, 1985, about 8 o'clock in the evening when I met the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time. I was 30, almost 30 years old. I was in the world. I was drinking. I was carousing. I was gambling. I was doing all those things that you shouldn't be doing out there. And basically at that time, I met the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where my story began. And if you're in here this morning and you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your story started somewhere. You know, maybe it started in a church like this. On Maybe it started in church on resurrection morning one time. Maybe it started in the back of your car and your grandma told you about the Lord Jesus Christ and you received him there. Maybe with friends or whatever. You know, when we had Wednesday night teachings here, a lot of times we have Wednesday night teaching. The first teaching people always give is somewhat about themselves because they know that. They've been through that and lived that. And I remember some of the people, you know, Kelly's story. She's not here today, but her story about where she met the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, who's the other one? Paula. Paula met the Lord Jesus Christ in a paddy wagon on her way to jail. I mean, come on. And what is that? Well, that's where her story began then. That's where her story with the Lord Jesus Christ took place. That's, that's where it all happened. And there's a psalm that I love that says, Psalm 40, He brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock to stay, and He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto my God. Many will see it, they will fear, and they shall trust in the Lord. Now, when I was younger, I used to do some trapping when we were smaller. lived up in Ohio at that time, and a lot of times to check our traps, we'd walk down the middle of the creek there with our, with our traps on both sides. And sometimes you step into a spot that turned out to be miry clay. And when you got there, you would just sink straight down. And the worst thing you could do is try to get out because the more you tried to get out in them boots, the more the mud came up over your boots, and you just went down further and further. So whenever you stepped on that, you just had to stop and stand still till someone came along and pulled you out of the miry clay. So whenever we check traps, we usually did it with two people. That way, if I'm into miry clay, my friend can reach over and pull me out. And many times when you're pulled out, your boots were still in there. I mean, you had to go back in and get them because they pulled you right out of your boots to get out of there. And that's what I think about oh, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ. I was in the miry clay at one time. I didn't have a story. I didn't have anything. But praise God, all at once Jesus came along, pulled me out, and he included my boots. Thank you, Jesus. And he pulled me out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock to stay. Now notice, when that happens, there'll be a new song in your mouth. It won't be the song of lack. It won't be the song of problems. It won't be the song of defeat. It won't be the song of, oh, poor, poor me. No, it'll be the song here. It says of praise. Say praise. Praise. The Bible says in Psalm 9, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. Psalm 34, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And Psalm 150 says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So we have an assurance this morning if you started your story. You've got a story this morning because of his story. And you have an assurance of him taking care of you, him loving you. So all we've got to do all day long is if we have breath is simply praise the Lord. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, 
grace of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. But I think anybody that's had a, uh, I don't know what it's, what it's called, like a radical conversion, 
Anybody's had a radical conversion, I mean, it, you keep going back to that place sometimes when things get rough and going back and remembering what he did for you, where you're at, what was going on. I had a radical conversion, so I can go back there sometimes and just say, thank God. Just drop everything. I'm born again now. I'm saved. Jesus loves me. I don't care if the rest of the world wants to fall apart. It don't really make any difference to me. And, and basically, we got an opportunity now, since we have a story, to start someone else's story. That's what's so exciting. There's people out there who don't have a story. Maybe some of you here this morning don't even have a story. Well, I'm just coming to church because it's Easter, and I thought you were supposed to do that. But there's something better for you than that. You have an opportunity, basically, to start your own story today. You can start a story, praise God, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him change your life. Let him line you up. I'll tell you what, he's in the blessing business. He's in the loving business. He's in the caring business. And you have an opportunity to do that. All you have to do is receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. People said, but I did that 20 years ago. Well, how, how far is your story gone? What's your story? I was saved 32 years ago. Well, good for you. Well, what have you done in 32 years? Does it matter? I'm gone to heaven. Yes, it does matter. Yes, it does. Every, all each one of us have a story, and that story is being written down day by day by day by day. And every time we you know, miss a day, basically, you can't get that back. How many of you know that? Time doesn't come back to us here on the earth. So if you don't have a story, you need to get one. You need to accept Jesus Christ. We showed you what he did for you today. He provided for you. But it's the same way for me. Sometimes I forget all he did for me. I mean, we get irritated at one little thing. And he went to the cross and got nailed to the cross, for gosh sakes. And all he said at the end was, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. It's different, isn't it, when you look from the perspective of the cross. So we have a story, praise God. The price was paid for it. Our debt is paid. And I want to continue on with my story for as long as I can continue on with my story. But I want to add to the story. I want to start other people's stories. I want to help them along in their story. I want to show them the different stories that they can have in their life too. So we just don't go to church just to celebrate his story. We go to step into our own story at the same time because the price has been paid. Jesus loves us. Yeah, you can come up. Come on, is Patrick going to start that then? Come on. Does he know what he's doing? Did you? <laughs> he's shaking his head no, so I'm assuming that means yes. Otherwise, he'd be too panicked to do that, praise God. So, so hallelujah. So our story is just praising our Savior all day long. He saved us. He delivered us. He redeemed us. And we're going to end now with an exciting song that we all know. It's basically called Happy Day, and it talks about the greatest day in history. So jump up and join in if you'd like to. If not, you don't have to. It's up to you. Praise God. Empty cross, empty grave, and life eternal you have won the day. Shout it out, Jesus is alive. He's alive. Oh, happy day, happy day, you wash my sin away. No, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the same Oh no, forever I am changed When 
must stand in that place. Free at last, meeting face to face, and I'm yours, and Jesus, you are mine. And perfect joy, perfect peace, earthly pain finally will cease. Celebrate, Jesus is alive. He's alive. Oh, happy day. Happy day, you washed my sin away, and oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same, oh no, forever I am changed, and oh, what a glorious day. What a glorious way that you have saved me. And oh, what a glorious day. What a glorious name. And oh, happy day, happy day. You washed my sin away, and oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same, oh, happy day, happy day, you washed my sin away, and oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same, oh, no. Hallelujah. Well, now you can go out this morning and tell everybody you got pronged. You can say, what did you do at your church service this morning? I got pronged. Pronged, what's that? Well, I got a story. Oh, what's my story? Let me tell you about my story. Then you can have a story, and you can get pronged someday too. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just lift your hands this morning. Just thank him. My God, thank him for what he went through, what he did for each and every one of us. Thank him for who you are today. Thank him for your story so far. Everything you worried about and got all fretted about, you're still here. You didn't fall apart. Still going on good. Everything's fine. He's been with you the whole time on the inside of you, bringing you victory in every situation and every circumstance. And your story's far from over. You've got quite a story to go yet, praise God. And every day is an opportunity to advance that and bring someone into their own story. Father, we thank you and love you. We thank you for your words of your song this morning, for everything that was spoken here this morning. Father, we just thank you as we leave today. We're more appreciative of ever of what you did for us on the cross and how you paid that price for us. That tells us how much you really, 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 really love us. And we thank you for it. And we want to continue to fulfill our purpose for you. And we give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you, and we'll see you Wednesday night. Facebook and
So remember to seek first the kingdom.